0: Folks, welcome to an episode of The Art Tenders with Mac and Dan. I am Dan. He is Mac. Howdy. This time, per Mac's suggestion, mm-hmm. you know, on this wonderful show where we review pieces of art to better learn and, you know, better, better, you know, form our craft in terms of artists. I was, yeah. you know, discuss. Some I thought you were going to say crap.
1: Form our crap. That's what I, I thought mean, you going to say.
0: That, too. You didn't have to. That went without saying. <laughs> This time, we're reviewing the movie version of Roald Dahl's classic story, classic book, Matilda. Mm. The film that was released in 1996, and it's uh, starring Mara Wilson as Matilda, and uh, directed and also starring Danny. And produced. Yeah. Yeah. And produced as well yeah. by him. By... Oh, Danny DeVito. Him, capital H.
1: Yeah. He he is risen.
0: Okay, but, but Mac. The key thing that I want to get to, because this is like a really interesting film, and I don't mean this right? as a sort of disingenuous thing when I say like, this mil- this film is certainly <laughs> a product of its time. You know how you enjoyed how I had like a stroke in the middle of Oh, that?
1: yeah. Well, I liked that in film you replaced M and F. <laughs> <laughs> kind of worrisome. Okay, oh, go no,
0: Freudian slips now. Oh, I know, um, I know. Mac, why did you select Trunchbull. Matilda for our viewing experience? Uh, Well, partially. I mean, it's just been on my mind because
1: um, we have been doing it for uh, school. Um, At the school that I teach at, uh, I had to figure out a musical we were going to do because it's musical season. And so we got to do a musical because musicals make money and kids like trying out for musicals. And I'm not a huge musical guy, right? Mm. But I wanted to pick something that was um, easy. You're not a
0: huge musical guy?
1: Funny enough, I'm not. I'm most... I know, I know. You're- I mean,
0: hold on, hold on. No, no, no. I I'll want to unpack ahead. this really go fast. Ahead, I'm ahead, so sorry ahead. for us no, to, like, please, deviate please. from this topic. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but we will get to Matilda. Don't you worry about nothing. But point is, okay, so then just out of curiosity, just, like, what musicals, like, songs and or albums or just, like, songs from musicals do you have downloaded on your phone? Or, like, oh, in your Spotify. Most of them are library. things that I
1: had to actually do. Okay. But not
0: um, out of joy, right? Not because, like, you no, enjoyed them in particular. No.
1: I've actually had to get rid of quite a few things that I have done that I don't want to listen to anymore. Oh, okay. Um, but musicals that I really enjoy that I'm like, you know what? Those are really freaking good. And that's actually the best way to tell that story. That's my mm. main problem usually, is that's what the best way to tell that story is um, Fiddle in the Roof.
0: Fiddle on the Roof,
1: I fuck with Fiddle on the Roof. Matilda, I actually really like. Outside of it just being something that I think would be fun for kids to do and easily accessible for kids, I actually think that's a really pretty smart and well-written musical. Hmm. Um, And then uh, one that I've been earning a little more respect for here and there has been um, Les Mis. Okay. Um, Les Mis is... Is the, the age, it used to be something that I just had to hear all the time, and I, it annoyed me, because um, I just... It was I everywhere. also
0: remember freshman year of high school. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Exactly. It's true, though. It's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really... Uh, I was over it for a while, but now, now that I'm actually able to give it a chance, I, mm. I really do like uh, Les Mis. Are, are there any musicals that you are specifically into? because no. I mean, you're not really a musical guy yeah no i
0: yeah. have one song from uh the musical tick tick boom uh on my uh library as well is as some songs War? from uh once light, boom, 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 boom. uh no uh, it's oh. a different song it has this really nice guitar in it oh see her smile yep. love it Ooh, gets me goosebumps every time yeah uh and then they're making um, a movie of that oh cool okay but point is Sorry. matilda
1: matilda. Yes. matilda yes i i love matilda um it's, uh, yeah, I wanted to pick something that, I mean, partially that I like to do, but also that I thought that the kids could uh, really sink their teeth into that was both interesting to practice with, but also interesting to mm-hmm. perform because I don't want, you know, I don't want to do something where they have to, you know, like into the woods where they have to like put on the beard and Christ. like it's like sing these crazy songs. I want to do something that's... that's um, in their range, yeah, and, and like that,
0: and fun and lighthearted. If and, it's a
1: character they can, it, it's it's a character that they, that they interact with on a day to day basis.
0: And so, not only just like, like range if they're playing and, an
1: insane kid, then just think of the insane kids that you always see every day. Yeah, they, exactly, it's, it's very easy for them to tap into.
0: Not just range in terms of like capabilities as an actor, yeah, but It's also no. literal age range, <laughs> you yeah. know, when yeah. like most of the characters yeah. are children.
1: Right. Well, also most of the time people go into a middle school musical and their instant instinct is to um, excuse it or like they, they already accept an apo- or expect an apology mm-hmm. um, because it's they know it's not going to be, you know, something that's just life-changing. That if someone likes a musical musical, most of the time it's because they really liked seeing their, their child in it. Yeah. You know, or like it's like, oh, I didn't know they could sing that high. Good for them, you know. But... Um it's true though. Um totally. And is. I really wanted I I don't think that we're just going to change the world with this middle school production of Matilda, the but I wanted line. to have to make something that it's even possible for them to actually feel like they're making some sort of a an impact on people. Um I mean, like one of the first conversations we had was uh what is the show about and what do you want people to take away from it? What do you think um is learned from the story? Which I actually am interested in because they said something they said a couple things that were really interesting in that conversation, and I want to get your take. Okay. What, in, I know we're diving straight to the meat of it. In your opinion, oh, okay, what is the biggest lesson learned in Matilda?
0: The biggest lesson learned? Yeah. Like, uh, if, that if, kids if, are so much more capable than we give them credit for.
1: Okay. Thank you so, so, so much what for saying to, that. What because I, do? I I agree. I also want to and say all, really
0: fast, this is the first time I viewed Matilda. Ever. Ever. Period. Wow. I've never not even consumed the musical or, the or read the book. Uh-huh. It was the first time I watched the movie. And my closest relationship, quote-unquote, to Roald Dahl is like both versions of Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Like the one right. from the from decades ago and the one from uh, yeah. in during the 2000s with Johnny Depp.
1: Oh, we're going to have to get to, to Roald Dahl. Um, yeah. We will. But that's interesting that you say that because yeah. every single adult – that I've talked to, especially the other adults that are helping with the musical, whenever we talked about it, all of us uh, agreed that we need to give kids more credit. That that That's yeah. what it's about. Um, Does it resonate
0: differently with the 100% kids? 100% different. Okay.
1: And, and not like... There's like a couple discrepancies. I mean, every kid agreed that this lesson was entirely different than what the adults thought. Because... Um, give kids credit is yeah. the lesson that the adults and matilda learn okay but that's not what the kids learn yeah because they the kid, already they're, exactly. they're living it like exactly. obviously yeah and so which
0: is funny because we were we were all kids once exactly, like why exactly. do we need the lesson of like give right. kids more credit <laughs> right
1: oh well no that <laughs> you know like that's one of we lived it right one like it's, it's absurd bl- My favorite lines from the movie is whenever is talking to uh, Mr. Wormwood, the dad, Mm. and um, she says, oh, like, children are disgusting. I'm so glad I was never one of them, Um, which is hilarious. Um, But, yeah, the more I asked them, and and, because I was curious instantly, you know, uh, because my first instinct is, oh, the the adults in this audience are going to be getting, give give kids credit. Um, Kids credit. Uh, But... We're kids, really on a roll today. I know. these. Fl- I know. We need to do warm-ups next time. Um, the uh, kids, though, whenever they consumed Matilda, yeah. their takeaway was um, that family is not blood. Family is what you make it. Ah, uh, okay. Because that's what the kids learn. Huh. It was interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. To, but, and, and that's perfectly valid, though. Like, that is what Matilda learns. Um, yeah. And so, uh, there's
0: more to family than just her parents and her brother. Yeah, and uh, and like what a family should and, be,
1: right? And this isn't just the movie; this is the musical and the book. Yeah, that those were sp- the specific lessons learned by the adults versus the kids, and uh, and I think that was intentional. Oh, that yeah, must I mean, have been yeah, intentional. I that I
0: don't see why not. I because,
1: mean, l- like we both saw, and the reason that I kind of wanted to watch it is because, um. I think it really holds up for a like. Yes, it's a kids movie because it's friendly for kids, but it's it's a it's just a good movie. It's a good story.
0: That's what I want to ask about. Yeah, of course. It's it's a very weird question. I was yeah. alluding to at the beginning of the segment that it's a product of its time. Uh-huh. What does that mean? '90s children's movies and Ooh. maybe like late '80s and also like early 2000s. I kid you not. They carved. Such a lane for themselves. Oh, well, they did. It's like, how did we all just agree upon, you know, one another as a society, where just like we're gonna make all these like childish, whimsically movies that are not necessarily like great or anything, but we're all going to agree, just just sort of baseline, they're fantastic. What are that some, we yeah, are sure. all going to f with these movies? We love I'll, these movies. What are, What are some examples off the top of your head? I mean, the for, um, the biggest one I can think of is like The Sandlot.
1: Oh, I think okay, it's just sure. like quintessential
0: sure. that. There's also like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, or there's like Casper. First one I think of, or is, uh, like uh, Jumanji, movie. or like Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh-huh. You oh, know, Doubtfire. like it's 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 all of those Plus, sort of I movies. Be, I
1: like Mrs. Doubtfire.
0: I mean, no, 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 yes, yes, I agree. But there, and then there are some that like like Spy Kids. I also think of like why did any of us <laughs> remotely even like Spy Kids in the first place? Like that's an absurd thing Ooh, yeah. to like. That's a trippy
1: uh, movie yeah but oh another very good example zathura i in my mind early 2000s i, yeah, I w- love it's, it's,
0: it's dipping out of
1: it right but i showed a couple kids that the other day like in, in a class we were you know flubber
0: no maybe not flubber keep going
1: but as we were watching zathura i just thought to myself like this is not as good as i remember zathura being like i remember it being just jumanji in space yeah and it's not nearly as good as Jumanji. I'm shocked that I ever put it on that level in my yeah. mind.
0: And, like, these are movies that, like, animation wasn't. And, and, and so, like, sorry. Disney was, of course, in the middle of their, like, renaissance, right? right. But animation was still sort of, like, 2D. And, like, with the blow-up of 3D, that's when, like, I felt like you saw definitely the churning out of a lot more animated uh, movies tailored towards children, specifically children as opposed to just being like good movies in like the early-ish 2000s, early ish two thousands, early mid two thousands. Uh I mean that has a lot of CGI, 2000s, but but, yeah. but and also the like the most derivative of spy kids, of. yeah. Right. Um but point is I was curious because I'm like I'm watching this movie and I was thinking to myself, I was like, if I was a child yeah. watching this movie. Yeah. I I feel like I'd be down for this, yeah. right? And I would have a, a grand old time with this. But like is Matilda actually a good movie? Like is it actually actually a good movie? A like taking it as a at a critical glance and we're and we're not yeah. not, not looking it. at it as like as if we were kids watching this movie no. or as if it was 1996 and we were watching this movie. No, just like right now in this moment, yeah. is Matilda a good movie it's a great question and so i you don't I, think so I mean, well i i'm i'm i mean it because it is a good movie but i think that's just like <laughs> what it is at most right i understand sure. yeah yeah like would I, I can agree if i had a kid would i show this movie to my kid or like if i had like a vhs or, or something of this movie yeah. would i show it to them i or think so nephew? yeah yeah i would show this movie to my nephew yeah, yeah. i think he, he's still he's like 10 or so he's still like at that t- age range where um where I think he could he's like open, you know, to this film, right? And it's a fun film. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to watch. Oh, I, the, true. the kids in it are just so cute. You could just I mean, squish their cheeks. I mean. And and like it's also like Danny DeVito and Ray Perlman do a great job <laughs> yeah. as yeah. Matilda's parents as well. Yeah. Um but there are like some weird there are a couple of weird I guess directorial things that happen in the movie. It's A couple of things. Uh-huh. One, Dutch angles. Dutch angles fucking suck. Dutch angles are insane. I don't listen, and and if but you've been to listening, Dutch I will. And also, like if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I don't like to drop the f-bomb too often but dutch angles fucking suck and (laughs) dutch angle what it is you decided that f-word thank you okay so this is mostly going to pertain to the visual audience but i will do my best to explain uh for auditory listeners but let's say you have a camera pointed like this one pointed at me but now you're going to lower this camera right so now i'm sort of you know i look bigger per se and then you're going to tilt that camera up at me so you get a a better portrait of me and then you're also going to sort of like rotate maybe not rotates the right word maybe like um maybe tilt is the right word in this in this case but you're going to like tilt it to the right or to the left so then you you're working with this like 45 degree angle of a shot. So, also, if you look up Dutch Angle, then you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen this before. This movie makes use of Dutch Angles. Dutch Angles are never good. Dutch Angles are for people who think Dutch Angles are good, but Dutch Angles are always bad, and they're such a lazy directorial choice. That means you have no Mm -hmm. idea what else to do with the shot. They're so insanely lazy that it's bad. Another
1: big thing that this movie does, uh, film-wise, is that they use a lot of fisheye lenses, meaning that they use uh, Mm. a... Lens um, capacity that, that that whenever you are seeing the the angle, whenever you're seeing the shot, um, it is wider than it's supposed to be. So everything yeah. looks distorted because it's so close up. And so like I guess it's because they want you to feel like you're a kid looking at an adult, and so that's just large and out of proportion. But the problem with that. Is um, it looks gross, and, and, and
0: sometimes that's to the to the point, right? Where I'm right. I'm pretty sure there are like shots with fisheye lenses on Miss Trunchbull's face, and like Once. it's not a pretty one. So right, um, but but also there's one thing that this movie does, and it's very little where I notice this in a film because during a film you have this wonderful thing called editing. Yep. And cutting. That um, sort of how scenes are structured and dialogue primarily structured is that you can cut the air in between lines. You don't have to be a director, you know, of like a theatrical space and say, hey, I really need you guys to pick up on your line cues. No, 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 no. That you can just do that for them as my father is calling me during this podcast. <sighs> That's uh. I know. I feel like I, I sh- there should be a fine for this, a fine towards me. <laughs> but what happens in this movie, and it's primarily during like the first half or so, there's like very little of that. So you have like a good like second pauses in between lines. Yeah. It is so ridiculously like it feels like you're waiting for something. Yeah. And 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 it's such a weird lack of editing that happened for that, like, mm-hmm. no, these people think faster than that sometimes, yes, right? Yes. Or, like, if people are not thinking faster, then people are always sort of, like, in a mental process of, like, you know, responding to I a agree. thought, right? Yeah. And so when, when you are allowing that space between those lines and not filling them with anything, like, actively filling them with anything— Mm-hmm then it just feels, it just makes the pacing of the whole entire film grind to a halt. Yeah, And it was something I don't, like, it's something you don't notice during films. It was something that I noticed during this film. It was very, very strange to pick up on. However, like, I still, and we're going to, I'm going to keep sort of regurgitating and reiterating this. I still think this is a good movie. I think it's still a fun movie. And there are definitely so many moments of, like, Charm and whimsy, and yeah. that r- actually really, really succeed for the film and also for it thematically. That I think it it works most of the time.
1: Most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There there were a couple things uh, that Vito did that were weird. I'm gonna get to my big one in just a moment, but before I get to that, uh, in the musical, it did it does a much better job of pacing, just in the writing. Yeah. That um, there are only maybe three or four scenes or moments in the musical where Matilda's not on stage and you're not seeing the scene from Matilda's perspective. Mm -hmm. Whenever it's from Matilda's perspective, it goes extremely, extremely fast. The whole thing operates at an insanely fast pace, except for one song where, um, which is called Quiet, which is where she literally, like, stops time and you see, like... Who does, Matilda? Yeah, where, like, you see what's going on in in her head... Um, the moment before Miss Trunchbull is about to hit her. Um, and then, like, right before she, like, comes over and hits her, she this, this doesn't happen in the movie. Thank um, you. Where, uh, this is right before she's about to hit her, that's whenever Matilda gets, like, like uh, uses her mind to, like, make the newt go into the um, Trunchbull's clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever Matilda is not the person on stage, the whole musical really slows down on purpose because... They want to make sure that you know, from an audience perspective, that Matilda thinks faster and is the smartest person on stage at all times. And the entire musical, Matilda's the smartest one, mm. um, and and it really works to to their favor. But I agree that that's a big downfall of the movie. The biggest thing in the movie that makes me go, "What are you doing?" Is and I'm tr- I'm still trying to figure out if it's smart or if it's lazy or. If it doesn't make any sense, I I don't know yet, but I want to get your take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, why is Danny DeVito the narrator?
0: I was curious about that. Well, because because it doesn't make sense, right?
1: At first, at so, least. So yeah. So here's the
0: thing. Here's the thing. I do feel like for for an untrained ear, maybe or like a child's ear, they would not be able to pick up on the fact that Mr. Wormwood and the narrator are the same actor. Right. But I was. And Danny like, DeVito has
1: a great narrator voice for this. Yeah. And he I also, also does a good Mr. Myself, I
0: was like, I, I hope, I, I, wish, I want Danny DeVito to narrate more things. Yeah. I thought, like, the just the the sort of tone and the tendency and the the idiosyncrasies that he personally carries as narrator, I thought was wonderful in terms of yeah. delivering the story. Right. And so, like, if we just like separate those two things separately, right? Danny DeVito as Mr. Wormwood and Danny DeVito as the narrator, both great. Excellent. Both excellent. Right? <laughs> Agreed. Like, Agreed. On, like, honestly, it was always a treat when, mi- I mean, treat, quote unquote, when Mr. Worm- Wormwood was on screen and um, was, like, delivering whatever sort of awful, awful harassment uh, to his child he was. Uh, or when the narrator was, like, providing this, like, wonderful, beautiful painting, this wondrous picture um with the most delicate of brushes and it was just so sweet but motherfuck we i mean we can tell the two, we can tell the voice like it's just like, it's yeah. danny it's danny devito and maybe it's at that danny time DeVito, it wasn't yeah. like danny devito you know but like right. and now it's like danny devito you know but it's like and so what's really really funny is that both performances stand on their own really well. Mm-hmm. But if you stand both of those performances right next to each other, which is what the film does, yep. then it if it does feel like the film it loses a little bit of like polish. Yeah. Per se.
1: Yeah.
0: Um it loses not necessarily focus, but it's just that sort of like fine sort of detailing that movies and generally, I would say, just pieces of art should get. Mm-hmm. And so it was clearly not an oversight. I mean, Danny DeVito directed the film, right? You no, know, he, he and he starred he in it.
1: So I'm wondering, and this is where I'm trying to decide whether it was kind of smart or just a weird decision of some sort, that maybe this is... Being narrated by Mister Wormwood in the future.
0: I never got that impression. Yeah, well, interesting got that impression for movie, me, but that is was that, me like,
1: trying to acrobat my way into this being an okay decision.
0: I mean, i I knew, I knew that like logically there just wasn't one to sort of like back it up in the film or anything like that. If that makes sense, like yeah. I I wasn't like having that sort of like thought experience, and like I was occasionally taken out of it when, uh, like, let's say, like, the narrator just finished saying something and then Mr. Wormwood immediately appeared on screen, right, or, like, back to back, then it's, like, clearly, vocally, like, there's only, sometimes, there's only so much that you can do while delivering faithful performances as a narrator or as Mr. Wormwood, like, it, that's going to be picked up on, right, but, but I was never sort of distracted, from the movie per se like I I never got in the way in terms of the viewing experience and in terms of the performances themselves right it never got in the way for those right I was able to at least you know suspend my disbelief I guess or like really separate that like okay it's absurd that this is the same actor but I am able to separate this is the narrator this is Mr. Wormwood that's it Um, Once again, should that have been the case? No. I think it lacks polish when it's done like that. Mm -hmm. Even though at the same time, sure, he did a great job as Mr. Wormwood. He did a great job as the narrator. That doesn't mean that should happen because, and we're discussing it right now, it kind of looks like a mistake. Yeah. It looks like a mistake. Was it one? No. But it looks like one. And so you don't want to distract your audiences from that Uh you know from the movie that they're watching
1: is uh also they had a couple different actresses play actors that are female yes um play different ages of matilda but they were all ages of matilda that were really close to each other did that take you out at
0: all okay so so not the baby And not, like, the one that we see Mara Wilson for most of the film, but, like, the two-year-old Matilda that was yeah. already able to walk. In. Well, of course she was already able to walk. She was two years old. What am I saying?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a two-year-old Matilda, and yes. there is a four-year-old Matilda. Yeah, and so... And both of those were but very isn't, distracting.
0: But isn't four-year-old Matilda Mara Wilson? Am I, am I crazy?
1: Uh, yes. A uh, six-year-old yeah. Matilda is Mara Wilson. I Whatever. Okay. There's a two-year-old and a four-year-old. All different
0: actresses. I'm getting confuzzled, but the, one of the one of the kids, the one that would constantly go to, to the, library. the library. Yes. Okay. This
1: so is be, unbelievably, not Mara Wilson.
0: I mean, that's fine. I'm able to suspend my disbelief in that. But whenever Reg- I see wait, Mara wait, hold Wilson, on. So I'm Are like, you not able, are, Mac, Are you not able to suspend your disbelief when uh different you know people play you know the same character at different ages? What I are you trying to say? Can? Okay, no no, 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 let's unpack
1: But I just this. wasn't expecting it. Cause whenever you're telling me this is Matilda and then you show me another girl that kinda looks like the same age, because they they don't really look that different in age, I'm instantly like, wait, but that's not Matilda. That's okay, that's Matilda? Okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. So after five seconds I'm fine.
0: So is it a matter of like, do you think the writing should have then avoided that situation altogether? So how would you just have used Mara Wilson as like different ages? Yes. Okay.
1: I'm. Yeah, and I, and I would have just changed the angles to make her uh, seem like smaller. look smaller. Yeah.
0: Compared to like other people.
1: I mean, that, that's what they did. But, for, I mean, but proportionally, what for for four year old Matilda, they used angles that made all of the furniture around her in the library look gigantic, gigantic. So that whenever she was They're getting true. on the chair, it wasn't like she like sat on the chair. I know, but proportionally,
0: saying like, even though Mara Wilson is playing the six year old Matilda, she still looks like a ten year old. Matilda, she like knows. I'm, 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 I'm more fine, and I'm more able to suspend my disbelief when there is a different actress playing a two years younger Matilda mm-hmm. than there is like one actor playing the same Matilda, but like it's the same body type, and yeah. like con- I mean, once again, I guess I guess I'm casting myself back to 1996, but I mean, but also, why spend your budget? on like multiple or uh, not. No, no, not multiple on if you're really going oh. to make Mara Wilson, like all the same ages and, but proportionally, I mean, we're talking like proportionally, like lens wise, it just doesn't, it doesn't look the way that it needs to look. So you're probably going to spend some of your budget on that. Like, are you saving money? Are you spending more money? Would it just look better if, if you don't, if you just cast different actors? So I was perfectly fine with that. Uh huh. Um, so I'm actually kind of astounded that <laughs> Astounded That you would okay. not be able to suspend your disbelief with multiple children. It was just it was just the Mac so hates and it, kids. It did
1: I hate children. But that was also another thing that I would like to talk about whenever we come back. Uh I want to talk about Roll Doll mainly. But also I want to talk about how um I I was confused that if she's six years old and she's going into either kindergarten or first grade, assumedly first grade, that's very confusing why are they talking about multiplication and why are they of m- all the things synthesis? to
0: rile you up
1: it was weird it was weird okay the alarm the alarm that's the timer that means we're done all right and welcome back to the artenders um did you like the eye roll did you like no
0: that? but it was the it was the sort of kabuki theater when you this is purely going to be a visual joke so this yeah. is only for our visual audiences
1: oh thank you so much oh it's so I good should.
0: it's it's the it's the turn away oh. of the of the neck and then looking up and then you are like bringing it hammering it back down to the yeah. other side of your body and then it like shakes at the very end it's yeah, well, it's yeah. terrific every I single was, time
1: uh me and uh, I, we're going over right now in who me and my kids uh, the okay. a- a- acting students oh, yeah. um, your are, children Right, right. That that are that are specifically wanting to do acting stuff. They are, um, they're learning right now. Leads. Uh, leads. Yeah, like leads. Whenever you walk.
0: Like leads united. Oh, okay. no. 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 No, no. Deep cut.
1: Um, yeah, truly West Brom. Uh, no, like, as you're walking, what is what is leading you into the room? What body part? Right, right, right. right. So, like, so, leading
0: with your, like, forehead, leading with your stomach, leading with uh, your, your chest, knees, sure, your exactly. chest, yeah.
1: Um, and, like, what that means for your character and whatnot. And yeah. so... Uh, they were talking how we, your
0: gait informs a character how the external yes. informs the internal experience
1: nice and so we were starting to uh, th- they were kind of having a hard time grasping it so I had them just walk normally and for all of us to dissect everyone's walks not yeah. judge but just be like okay like where where's their pressure on their foot can you tell how much they bend their knees when they walk stuff like that and um, and I talked to them about uh, what what the trench might walk like right mm-hmm. And and we made each decision like one body part at a time as to like what how the Trunchbull's body would move as she walked Trunchbull in Matilda, mm-hmm. and um, and I was talking to them about one of the scariest walks was uh, uh, Blake, an old acting professor of ours from oh, freshman year. Oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that whenever he walks. Uh, well, he first of all he walks with
0: sandals. Yeah. Um, so, so you like, hear flop 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 flop. Exactly. And then like, when 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 he's in a hurry, flop 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 it, it is scary. It is well you that's know the funny part. Yeah. It's yeah. Because the sound it's itself is not scary at all. It's no. hilarious. It
1: is. It is. But then but but you know it's Blake, and so you like have to like set up. a little You clench a little bit. Exactly. Which is
0: funny because he's always talking to you about releasing. Like literally releasing, and when I say releasing, I mean releasing your sphincter. If you want to be specific, he's always about releasing in your sphincter uh in terms of because like we we clench a lot when we're nervous and and not only throughout our body but throughout our body so um so it's funny when he is so much about like hey make sure to release that whenever not all the time but (laughs) (laughs) there's sometimes when you're like shit
1: yeah literally yes um and so uh, but but I he's was, great. I love yeah. him. He's oh, honestly obviously.
0: brilliant. I I no. want to get that out there. As yeah, get okay. that on the front end.
1: No, this isn't a bash. Um, but I was talking to him about how he walks, and whenever he walks, he I've never seen him with his arms by his side. That he always finds a reason to keep his arms up. up. Yeah, yeah. And so either he'll be holding something, he'll be holding his phone, or he'll be holding a coffee or something, or even if he's not holding anything, he'll just keep his hands up. Yeah, like so that he's not. It's interesting, and um. And I was telling them that whenever he walks, he also... uh, It's almost like his head is floating above his body. Like, uh, if he... At any point, like... If you you were to look at just his legs, they'd be moving normally. But if you were to look at his top half, it wouldn't look like he was walking. Because it's
0: standing so perfectly still, right? Um, And so... It's these sort of, like... 18th century or something walking down the staircase with a giant ball gown exactly it really is you have to keep it up and And Yeah, it's he's floating. He's literally
1: floating and so and I and I said that also he's a very intense person so whenever he this is getting back to the to the the kabuki thing um, that whenever uh, Whenever he looks at you, he looks very fast and with precision, but he won't stop walking. And so there was one time that I was in the green room, um, and I was doing some homework or something. And I was like, hey, Blake. And whenever he looked at me, he did not stop walking, and he stayed floating. Oh, my but God. the precision and the speed with which he looked at me, like, made me jump. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> he was just, like, walking and walking and walking. He goes, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, he's just, he's, he's a terrifying person. Anyways. Um, but in the best way possible. Truly, truly. It, it works. It works for his advantage. Um Back to Matilda. And
0: Uh, also as a human experience, lovely to just watch him just live. Oh, fascinating. uh, Fascinating. You can, as an actor and as a person, you learn so much from just watching this human being live. It's awesome. It's awesome.
1: Do you think that he Googles himself? Like if we titled this uh, segment of this video, something about Blake Hackler, he'd find it. Let's see what happens.
0: I wish one of us had like a limited fake so we could just like (laughs) sort of like. I know. He's lovely. Absolutely lovely.
1: Um. The thing that I want to get into in this segment though, yeah, is uh Roald Dahl, the author of uh Matilda the Matilda book, and, and the original Matilda and multiple other, you know, oh, The I Witches mean, and, uh, and the James and the Giant Peach, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Fantastic Mr. Fox, oh. The BFG, Ah. Big Fucking Giant. Um, Big Friendly Giant. It's uh he's clearly got this down pat. He's clearly got down the whole children's book thing. Yeah. But what's interesting is that uh, Matilda is the last thing that he ever wrote. Oh, okay. Did not know that. Right? But the funniest part is that Matilda is actually the first idea he ever had as an author. So he was not an author um, for mm. uh, for very long. Uh, he started pretty late in his life. Um, but the later, like the last 20 years of his, 20 years of his life were dedicated to, to writing. And... Uh, he had in his notebook, his notebook of ideas, yeah. a post it note, or like a sticky note, that said um, little girl can control objects with just her eyes. And just that as a note, yeah. Posted note. I
0: mean, that's like at the very baseline. That's not a story. That's, that's just like a character really and or like yeah. that's like a character with like a plot device.
1: Exactly, exactly. But that that's all he had, right? Yeah. And he put that down. That was his first idea in his book. Funny. And he'd never found out a way to, like, yeah, because it's it just out, an idea. It's not yeah. a story. Yeah. Until twenty years later, he finally wrote Matilda, and that was the last thing that he wrote. Man, um, which is interesting, uh, but. His process was super specific, and he clearly knew what he was doing. Right. But he had a lot of life to draw from. So, Roald Dahl, uh, born in 1916, died in 1990.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, he was a fighter pilot okay. uh, for the British uh, military. He was also a spy. Um hey, okay. So he, once he started gating a little bit, and this was a very common thing in the early uh, 20th century that a lot of countries that that they would send people that were relatively famous or had any sort of sway.
0: Oh, and use them also as spies. A lot of
1: like American actors and and musicians that were Mm -hmm. also spies. Um, same thing with, with the British super common, um, that he, uh, once he started to gain a little bit of traction from his writing and he was also tied with the military, he would, uh, he was also a spy, a very reputable spy that he, um, Apparently, there was a congresswoman, an American congresswoman, that he slept with. Like, I mean, for years. That, like, they would meet up to, to put, just to hook up all the time because their pillow talk was him very subtly asking her questions about the uh, people that she works with, which um, he then turned around and gave those secrets to the British military. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That apparently the Dahl was just a lady killer wow. for a long time. So
0: it didn't stay in the bedroom, huh?
1: It did not stay in the bedroom. No. He is a loud mouth. He, yeah, no. Wow. Lack of respect to that man.
0: I know. Well, and we'll
1: get into that in a second. Yeah, pillow talking, yeah. Because he's, um, yeah, he's also very problematic. We'll get there. Um, he was a chocolate historian. That's why he wrote uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and not—I mean, like literally—there's an entire website of just Roll Doll's history of chocolate. He made a book. He made a book, the Roll Doll Cookbook, where an entire—no, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Chocolate historian? Yes, a chocolate historian. I'm serious. He was a chocolate historian. Uh, he wrote a cookbook. Okay. Um, that wasn't great, but he
0: had an entire. Uh, chapter of the yeah cookbook. i mean nobody 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 talks about roald dahl the cook the chef
1: no which is the biggest issue um <laughs> he uh he had a chapter of the book that was all about um chocolate yeah and he called um he had this thing called the seven glorious years which was uh the years 1930 to 1937, where the most breakthroughs were made in chocolate. Wow. These are the things that happened. Uh, the Crunchy, oh which God. is the whole nut bar, was made. Okay. The uh, Mars bar was made in 32. Is there
0: a punchline at the end of this?
1: Uh, n- literally no. <laughs> literally no. Another, I mean, it ends with Kit Kat and Rolo. I
0: just, I just needed to know now. I'm like, okay. Whether this was going to be productive. On. Well, because, because I, w- I want to unpack this a little bit before yeah. we continue Please. with the seven glorious years, you know, well, as they were, because they oh. truly were. Um, uh, I mean, well, because it was like, okay, we're getting into reading. All right. Is there a punchline? We need to know now if there, and I hit my microphone. Do we, we need and to know to now? Yeah. Like if this, this is, is sure. going to amount to anything, but no. <laughs>
1: no. This is, uh, we, he's also, on top of being a chocolate historian, a spy, and a fighter pilot, and an author, he was a medical inventor. Define? So, he made a device, he helped make a device that is still used today uh, by doctors. Now, his... Like a pacemaker? Not quite that important um but still very important his son uh-huh theo uh whenever his son was really little i mean maybe like two or three uh got hit by a car while he was in a stroller and he flew 40 feet out of the stroller hit his head on the on the pavement and cracked his skull open
0: okay he, hold on yeah I'm gonna have to stop you right there i'm so sorry how'd they know it was 40 feet Oh, I mean, I'm sure they measured or something. No. yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, the kid's in the air. They pull out a tape measure and they figure no, not it out. No, in the air.
1: No, he, fought, he he lays forty feet from the. Frame oh store.
0: well, you said forty feet in the
1: air, so oh, I'm, sorry, I'm okay. like
0: imagining like this is some cartoony the event of like something traumatic that's happening. No, um, parabolic. No, 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 no. He, 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 I'm making light of a terrible, terrible no, situation. How about it? it? Happened
1: so long ago. Um the uh yeah and so he got rushed to the hospital the son got rushed to the hospital and he uh while he was in surgery they were trying to drain his uh skull because um there were too many fluids uh, around his brain and they had to do surgery to multiple surgeries to stitch everything back up and so whenever they tried to there was too much debris Broken bone and whatnot, Jesus, and and little rocks and everything inside of his skull to be able to drain it. Because every time they tried draining it through a hole, the hole would clog with all the debris.
0: Hell of a podcast we're doing today.
1: I know, sorry. So he made something. He called up his his buddies, a uh, a pediatric neurosurgeon, which is awesome, um, as well as a another medical professional, and uh, they together invented the um the doll weighed till shunt, and basically, I know that sounds like a bad word shunt, but uh it it does It is made to uh it's basically like like a tiny little metal tube that they use to drain people's skulls, specifically children um, whenever they go into uh neurosurgery. is not that sick? That roll doll, the person we're talking about right now, helped make that? That's crazy. That's crazy. Is it
0: not? I just wanted to have you sit there. And like really worried <laughs> that, that
1: I just talked about nothing? Okay. No, it's <laughs> sick. I don't care what you say. I'm moving on. <laughs> um, on top of all this, though. On top of all this, though. We'll, we'll wrap back around on Matilda eventually.
0: Oh, yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No big
1: deal. We're on a journey. Um, oh, my
0: God. Yeah, we are.
1: A reputable, and this is where it gets dark okay and i know that we haven't been dark so far with the almost death of his child all oh, right um he was a reputable and i mean reputable everyone knew and he made sure everyone knew talk of the town um, that he was uh very anti-semitic very wolf I know, really rough. Um, so much, so, and, and 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 just general racist. He, uh, all of oh, his, just generally racist. Just Very across the board,
0: be huge anti anti semite. But you know, racist. You know, on the racist weekends. racist to everybody. Yeah.
1: Um, but specific. Like, at one point, said oh, that no. uh, he, um, thinks that the Jews deserved the Holocaust.
0: No. Said that out loud. No. Said that out
1: loud. Um, he. A lot of his characters throughout the children's books.
0: You're ruining a lot of people's image I of doll at the moment. Well, you, I mean, you you are you are forcing people to succumb to the fact that they must sure. separate the art from the artist. They have to. They have I mean, to. they also don't have to. I will to, say but, this. You know.
1: It is uh, much easier to have this conversation about someone that is dead. And someone that is not personal. Yeah, Roald
0: Dahl's not going to
1: call us. Well, no, I, no, 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 not that like that. I mean that if uh, th- there's a conversation, like for instance uh, with, with J.K. Rowling, whenever you are consuming J.K. Rowling material or any hot Harry Potter stuff, you now know that you are giving money straight to J.K. Rowling. Whereas I know that no matter how much I read Matilda or no matter how much I watch the movie or the musical or whatever. Still
0: to the estate, is it not?
1: Uh, no, it goes straight to his charity um which he made for uh specifically for uh uh pediatric research.
0: People are complicated, huh? I know. <laughs> it's tough right
1: you you're like this guy made a lot of really cool stuff. He also like made literally made a medical invention to help save like he's saved and there this was is on his website, of course it's on his website. Um he has saved over 30,000 children's lives just with this one like that this invention stopped these people from these children from uh um hi- hyper cephas something i can't remember what's called but
0: but adults are complicated is is the uh is the message that we're, we're we're receiving do right you now. Want
1: to know some of the characters that he had in these stories that we love that were originally racist
0: i feel like i'm gonna have to uh Cause this train isn't stopping. I'm it's I'm looking not, at you, and this not, train is not stopping. No, you just got you got fell a... down the rabbit <laughs> hole of Roll Dahl yeah. just from the consumption of this wonderful, whimsical little film that was a, a book, and now is also a yep. musical, and, yep. and just like it's it's a wonderful, lighthearted, but also sure. like darkened moment. Sure, and like that's what you are bringing to the table now with Roll Dahl's <laughs> life. It's uh, you know, like a raw, like a lighthearted sort of like yeah, he wrote it. books and stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. he made a cookbook and set years of wonderful chocolate and then he's also an anti-semite uh, racist and uh said the jews deserved the holocaust because you know just i mean and let me tack one on that list okay um
1: in Willy wonka and the chocolate factory
0: yeah the one with uh, gene wilder from decades ago or just uh, the novel excuse the novel. me sorry thank you
1: um and just the story any guesses where I'm going with this? Any, any characters that could have been problematic before the editors changed it? Augustus Gloop, the German no, kid? No, 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 no. Uh, Wait, I worse. don't know, man. Way okay, worse. don't make me
0: guess. Just tell me. Oompa Loompas. Okay. 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 <laughs> oh Just now, I'm scared. Originally,
1: were not orange people from a mystical land. They were original, uh, originally African pygmies, um, and they were all yes, which is a real culture that are genetically shorter than everyone else in the world they like their average height is i think i know for a fact it is well below five feet that they are all in real life that small still a culture that 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 is alive and well today yeah and that in the original willy wonka and the chocolate factory willy wonka took them from their homes and they were working at the chocolate factory wild wild
0: is that in the text uh, in the is original. That in the text. That's in the, the original publishing of the Not the original book.
1: publishing. The original draft. Okay. Which can still be But fun. all the same. But uh, once editors saw it, they were like, uh let's remember that we're making this for children. Yeah. Yeah. And then they changed it. And he and and it ended up being Umpalopas. Yeah. Wow. Wild. Wild. Christ. Okay. 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 Hardcore. Okay. Hardcore. Um a lot. Now but this is where it gets interesting. This is where uh, then is, he
0: writes Miss Honey and Miss writes, Honey right. is, you know, the queen, you know, to all women and just the sweetest thing to ever grace oh, us, which is a and, quote and, from uh, my girlfriend. Shama was yes. like, you have to say that Miss Honey is the queen to all women. She and is. she totally is. She I mean, rocks. And I think uh, I'm going to pull off the actress's name, but she does a wonderful and splendid job in this film because brings this wonderful light hearted nature M. Beth Davids, I believe, I hope I'm pronouncing that has correctly. has not done a lot of work since. Yeah, but but all the same, like, she did a great job Excellent in job. this movie and just really delivered the on the tone of this film and, like, is kind of, like, even as an adult when you're watching the film it's like that's the adult that I aspire to be you know Absolutely. like that's the sort of teacher I hope my kids will have yes I'm I hope that's the person I will become I need to start becoming that person now who believes and trusts in you know the, the kids that she's teaching yeah you know and and and, and, and always believing in them and always sort of like teaching them you know to do the right thing and to be a good person and, and to and to to, to do what's best for everyone, you the know? Only she adult she gets credit. Yeah, yeah. The only adult in that film I'm trying to run it through my Rolodex of characters in that film, but the only adult in that film to give the children in it credit yeah. for for and trusting them. Yeah. Too. Yeah. All right, Doll's an awful now. human being. And now, also well, just complicated.
1: He's a complicated human being. This is how this is how complicated it gets. Okay. Uh he also wrote a bunch of unpublished um, but edited, okay, uh, short stories, mm-hmm. scary short stories, okay, uh, specifically like the horror genre that were never published until they were found and were published by uh, his estate, like you said, yeah, um, in 2017. Uh, in this, this is oh, wow. it's called Innocence. Oh wow, is yeah.
0: Rodol still alive in Cuba as we speak, hanging out with Tupac
1: <laughs> and Hitler? 20 um, <gasps> 20- Oh no, he wasn't Cuba. That was Paraguay, I think. Hitler, right? Anyways, um, t- 27 years after he died, uh, God. this book gets released, and it's a bunch of horror stories, and what's interesting is that a lot of the horror stories take place uh-huh. at um, the same Catholic school that Roald Dahl went to growing up. That's why he didn't publish them. That's why he didn't decide to pull the trigger. Even though he, he could have just made it a different school? He different place. He specifically, he wrote all of them in... That setting, which then makes you wonder, okay, in Matilda, yeah, are a lot of the stories that he uses or the crazy things that happen just uh, hyperbole of things that actually happened to uh, actually happened to him or people around him at the school? Because he said several times in personal journals, because he did publish lots of personal journals and lots of like like autobiographies and whatnot, um, that were about uh abuse that he experienced growing up yeah. especially from the school and everything that once he started releasing these horror stories um everyone started realizing oh wait that they, they were doing some wild stuff at that school mm. matilda takes place in a school let's think for a second is that
0: we're theory crafting we are hold crafting. on hold on we need to we need to put put the stamp on it really fast before we delve a little deeper are we, right now, recklessly speculating, yes or no? Oh,
1: thank you. Yes, we are recklessly speculating. Okay, so
0: now that we've gotten that out of the way, we're recklessly, recklessly speculating. speculating. So you're saying that Matilda is based on a true story?
1: Um, I think maybe so. Maybe so. In, in, in the same what way a hot that, take. I maybe.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: I'm going to die on this hill. Um, in the same way that Bo Burnham made 8th Grade, yeah. where uh, he felt most represented by an 8th Grade girl. I, I could see Roald Dahl feeling um in a similar spot as a new girl at a private school.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And and the way that uh the big kids are in the story of Matilda. Yeah. Um the way that the uh that they're that he's treated by or that sorry. That Matilda's treated by the Trunchbull specifically um I think might be might be drawing from his own life experiences yeah
0: i think it's certainly plausible like it's a plausible thought like or or it doesn't even have to be like his life experience but like yeah. like grabbing life experiences from people around him as mm-hmm. well uh, but but like all these things are certainly plausible right because there there is there is that eerie sense of like Oh, the abuse and the crickets want to want to ring in too on I this uh, on this you know discussion, Shakeda. but but the abuse that occurs in this film, although some of it outlandish, such as Trunchbull, um, grabbing a girl by the pigtails and, and her doing day. a hammer toss, a uh, hammer throw with uh that, uh with with the child, the five year old <laughs> child, yep. uh, which is both hilarious and like oh my god, she just threw a kid across the fence, um. Yep. But there was also, it was more so, like, the abuse by her parents. And it was, like, abuse in the sense of, like, extreme negligence. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this doesn't feel outlandish at points. It was, like, what it was, I think you use the perfect word. It was hyperbolic. Yeah. Right? That it felt... Like some of these were like real experiences that were just turned up to eleven. I could see a uh, I could see a corridor in the principal's office that like a kid would just go in there for like time out, quote unquote, or like detention, like quote junkie. unquote. But it's but of course in this film there are like nails and like yeah. there's there's like a pipe there say, that's, you know, blowing exhaust and one stuff. One of the
1: horror stories did detail a closet that kids would get thrown into. Yeah. Um, and would have to spend the entire day in the dark.
0: Yeah. So it's not entirely out of question that like it's possible. that it's possible. And of course, or like, you I know, could see uh, in real life, no teacher probably threw a child, you know, over a fence by the pigtails. Yeah. yeah. But there could very well have been some physical abuse enacted by you know, a principal or a teacher, or, and maybe also there could have been a teacher or two there as well who were very, very sweet. But whenever some other faculty member was in the room, they had to hide everything yep. that actually made the classroom really special for the kids.
1: Also, in the 1920s in the UK, I could totally see – um you know, some kid wearing pigtails when they're not supposed to, and getting dragged by their pigtails down to the to the principal's office. Sure. Um, in the same way that they would take their ear or use a paddle, I, I could. That, that's not out of question. Though,
0: and right. I think it also, in a way, it speaks to the experience in this film of like, of course, this movie is better when you are a child and you're watching it and it's going to affect you a lot more ladies and gentlemen we just hit two minutes the two minute warning two it's minute our warning. new bit when we actually have two minutes left and we have to wrap up our thoughts listen this is a good movie I think it's a pretty good movie Max just got up from the couch this is a pretty good movie um, I think it actually is pretty good I would show it to you know a kid of mine uh, I think honestly the best part of this movie is when uh, Miss Honey and Matilda are in Trunchbull's house uh-huh. and uh, it's like a 20 or like a 10 minute segment and there, it's like a horror movie during that moment and I think it's it wonderfully done but as a kid if you're watching this movie movie i think it hits you in a different way than not all kid movies can and because of its whimsical nature and lightheartedness but also it's it's darkness i think it's a beautiful film that actually ages surprisingly better uh, than uh, First Glance gives it. Mac?
1: I agree that it ages better than most, especially 90s movies, uh, movies from the 90s that you were talking about that uh, didn't actually age very well. I I think that uh, Matilda does a pretty decent job of aging. I think it's something that will uh, be timeless and will be treasured forever. Um, And I also think that every single iteration of Matilda that I've seen so far does a pretty decent job of uh, keeping the story true, except for Matilda Jr. Matilda Jr., the musical, does not know who the protagonist is and thinks that the the, the, uh, sorry that does not the antagonist is. Thinks the antagonist is untraceable but it is not it is mr wormwood and that needs to be very clear it is clear in the books it is clear in the movie it is clear in everything else but it's not clear in that so how Danny, much time do we have left uh we have 38 seconds left
0: perfect okay so for next week this is what i did i did something a little bit different where uh, i have a giant list on imdb of movies yeah. and or like television shows that i maybe want to watch yeah. so i pulled up a random number generator and i pulled up the movie uh, pulled up a number funny enough the number was 420 so I went down. Yes, I know. And I went down. And this will be redacted if we can't, if we're not able to watch it. Nope. But we are going 15th. to watch the ESPN 30 for 30 documentary of The U. The U Miami? Based on the University of Miami football team. Thank Three, you and good night.
1: one. One.